0: Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 6, Order to Chaos. A tangle. I haven't had a good tangle since my Christmas present, which took me three days to sort out. Since then, nothing. A tangled route. A complete dearth of tangled yarn. Or at least that I'm allowed to touch. Yes, I'm one of those crazy people that loves to untangle yarn. I stalk the Not-A-Problem group on Ravelry, though I haven't scored one yet. I live vicariously through other people's detangling experiences. I get weak in the knees every time there's an update to the stash disaster of epic proportions thread. And if you haven't heard of it yet, I highly suggest you go take a look, because it's amazing. Detangling yarn for me is restful, sometimes even more than knitting or spinning. It's about bringing order to chaos. And in a lot of ways, that's how I live my life. Everything has a place and should be in it, and if it's not, then things start to go a little sideways. That's probably why I'm desperate for a tangle. There's a little bit more chaos in my life these days. Chaos that's not easily resolved by just tidying up the house, or keeping track of things at work, or knitting, or spinning. The schedule is a little fuller, and there's not as much time to sort things out. Oh, but if I could sit down with a tangle... That would just make everything better. A good tangle, the kind that might take a Harry Potter movie marathon to resolve. (sighs) Hey, a girl can dream, right? I do try to spend a large part of my days bringing order to chaos. At work, people ask me to find certain photos or information, because they know that somewhere in my brain, I've filed away that relevant piece of information, and by following the right track, I can usually remember or find what it is they're looking for. It's a little bit like Sherlock's mind palace, though I don't keep quite as much in mine. At home, I try to keep things organized. My yarn is sorted partly by weight and partly by end use, which works for me. My library uses Dewey Decimal for nonfiction and a combination of genre and topic for fiction, and then, of course, sorted by author. I know where I need to be and when, and keep all my appointments in my phone calendar so I don't lose track. I make a weekly meal plan. We even purchased a recipe app so we can start putting our favorites in one place, instead of trying to remember which magazines or piece of paper or book to find it in. But sometimes chaos gets the upper hand. This week's rather large snowfall put paid to a lot of my best laid plans, which were only beginning to feel settled from the upheaval of Mike's moving to Calgary. I finished Wave Maiden, but had to put the spat socks on double points to finish decreasing or have to wrangle single stitches around the magic loop. I had to redo two skeins for my level two homework last week because they, were, they weren't they were long enough. Enough little things are flying out of control, and I'm feeling a little worn down by all the changes. It's not that I can't adapt to changing situations. It's that if I have to constantly adapt, I get just a little tired. Oh, but if I could wrangle a tangle, bring just a little bit of order to a little bit of chaos, I know I would feel better. I'm not at the point yet where I'll deliberately pick yarn from my stash and tangle it up. I want to create less chaos in my life, not more. But I'll keep trying to find a tangle to sort, even if that's finally doing the library purge, or going through boxes in the storage room, or sorting out the works in progress to see what's going to replace Wave Maiden in the queue. There will be order. Chaos? Well, I'll see you on the battlefield. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. So I'm registered for Fiber Week. I got my confirmation of registration in the mail this past week. So hooray! Life is good. Um, but I haven't managed to get a lot done on the homework. Things have been really busy on the weekends the last couple of weeks. And yeah. Last weekend I did do a bit of work, the problem was that it was rework. Before I went downstairs to to work on the spinning, I I wound off the 10-yard skeins for, for what I'd washed the weekend before. And the Llama wool blend, I didn't have 10 yards, so I had to redo that one. I wasn't really happy with it anyway, so that, I mean, I wasn't too upset about that. But I wound off the woolen skein for Module B2. And, you know, I've been winding off 11 yards. So I popped it off the nitty naughty and I sat down on the table and I went, I think that looks a little short. So I measured it and it was short. It was nine and a half yards. And that's because woolen is really, really bouncy and really stretchy. And you have to be very careful. (laughs) So I went looking through the rest of the woolen, uh, yarn that I had spun up, and I could not get ten usable yards out of any of it, so I had to redo the woolen skein last weekend as well. So that put me behind. I was uh, kind of unfortunate, but I, I redid both the woolen skein. I'm actually happier with this woolen skein anyway, so I suppose it's not really a huge deal. I haven't wound it off yet. I th- think I'm going to wind off the knitting naughty I'm using is slightly over a yard. I think I'm just going to wind ten wraps around it for the woolen skein because I just don't trust it. It's 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 really springy and it's going to spring back no matter how lightly I wrap it around the nitty naughty. So I'm going to just wind off ten times around and hope that is enough. And considering eight times around was just shy of ten yards, I'm I think I'm thinking it will be for the wool llama uh, skein. I used. The commercial prep of llama this time around because i had heck of a time with the raw uh, on the first one and i'm happier with it i'm much happier with it and i uh, i spun that up with some mostly rambouillet that i had left over from level one so it makes a really nice yarn also springy because rambouillet is a high crimp wool so i might <laughs> i might just do the same thing that i'm doing for the woolen's gain and wrap around 10 times so we'll see what happens there Um, But I haven't managed to do anything this weekend and I'm not 100% sure I'll be able to simply because I'm teaching this afternoon. I still have to do laundry and get groceries and all these other things. So I don't know. Next weekend, I'm traveling. I'm going to head down to Calgary for the Easter and I have a plan. My plan is to not take any of the spinning homework what I will be doing is, hopefully, most of the writing. There are several short essays to do and descriptions for Level 2, and I figure if I knuckle down uh, next weekend and get those done, then then that's that's a pretty significant part of it. So I'll do that, and we'll see what happens there. I might bring a wheel, but I think I might bring the old traddy with the random uh, braid of green stuff on it. Just as a palette cleanser. You know, just a spin. Just a little bit. Plus, I also got a stretchy dry band, which I need to put onto the tratty. So I want to work that one in. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. So for level one, um, and coming up later on, I'll be reviewing a book that has got me excited about, um, prep yarn, uh, wool prep, but for level one, I want to talk about module a six, which is wool processing. And you have to write basically a one page essay about the different types of processing equipment that there are out there. And then using teased locks, which you do with your hands and uh, flick card locks, which you do with a flick carter, you prepare uh, two skeins of yarn. Uh, as, as part of the exercise. So what can I say about this one? When you're flick carding, be very careful. <laughs> uh, I've given myself some very uh, good flick carding injuries. And that's because, you know, you're, you're trying to flick card something that's a little too short, or you just don't have good aim. Um, flick carding, I, I guess, is uh it, it does its work by using static electricity. So you're not actually combing anything. You're just smacking it and that generates static. So it's fun, but you got to be careful with your hands because you, you know, you're, you're <laughs> Those tines are pretty sharp. Overall, uh, flick carding. Flick carding is actually kind of fun. You know, if you're having a really bad day, uh, you just flick card a bunch of wool it makes you feel so much better because you're just sort of smacking it. Oh dear, it's it's a lot. You know, I used to I used to fence, and there's nothing better for stress relief than hitting someone else with three feet of steel. Uh, flick is a little bit like that. You take you take your frustration out on uh, on a piece of wool and your leg. But what do you do? Flick carding. Because everything's still aligned, it's a it's a worsted technique that you use to spin the locks. Pretty much the same for teased wool, um, but the flick carding opens it up a lot more, so it's quite a bit easier to spin. So that is what I have to say about flick carding and teased wool and Module A6 and Level 1. I'm hoping by next episode to pretty well have the writing done and and be working on the, the rest of the spinning. Uh, C1 is still in progress. I still have the alpaca and the mohair blends to do. So I'm hoping the weekend after Easter, that's what I'll be doing. So that's the Fiber Week update for this episode. Fiber Notes so I was right to have a good feeling about Wave Maiden and also right not to have as good a feeling about the socks. Wave Maiden is done. Uh if you've seen the post on the blog, uh you'll see that I blocked it last weekend. Oh. I do love blocking. It it really is magical to see what happens when you when you block something out. The yarn is awesome. It's softened up quite a bit. It's it's soft, it's light. You'd never know it was a sock yarn. I mean, you really wouldn't. I'm really, really pleased just with the whole thing. Um, I love the color, and it's great. My mom uh, posted a comment, asked if I would wear it at Easter. The answer is yes, I will be wearing it at Easter, and probably all weekend. So so it's great. I, I love it. And if you've never blocked anything before, um, you should check out the Blocking before and after thread on Ravelry. I'll post a link. It makes a difference. Blocking is, blocking is huge, especially for shawls and especially for lace. The spat socks aren't done, um, but they're getting close. I'm almost done the spat. I had to move, because I'm doing them two at a time on one long circular, um, I had to move one off onto DPNs. The spat is formed by a, basically a two-stitch cable on each side, and I was at the point where I had to cable across that break in the middle. And so I'd have to have one stitch hanging out while I got all the way around. And plus I had to move stitches from the, the one needle to the other. And yeah, it just was complicated. So I moved one off. Um, I got to the point where the decreases were finished and the spat was on the one side. Um, did the same thing on the other one, just using magic loop on one sock and now they're both back on. The spat is almost finished, and it's almost downhill from here. The only thing that's slowing me down is that because this is a 100% merino sock yarn with no nylon, I'm adding woolly nylon to the sole to give it a just to that little bit more um, stability and strength. So that's slowing me down a little bit, but overall it's going really quickly. And I should be... I'm hoping that I will be done in the next couple of weeks because I had to throw out yet another pair of store-bought socks. I'm down to five pairs of winter socks. And winter is still here. So I I have to go out and buy more socks because I cannot knit fast enough. Life is great. Oh, well, what do you do? Nothing. The other thing I'm doing is the sunflowers. I've finished off four and I've got one left. And the yarn bomb, which I know nothing about, will take place towards the end of April. Which will be fun for those involved, and I know none of them. So that is good. So once the socks are done, the sunflowers are done, Wave Maiden is done, it's back to the sweater. And I know I just have to start working on it and everything will be fine. And I was looking at my works in progress, and actually the only other one that's really there is Ethereal, which I talked about in my first episode, and I should get back to that as well. On the other hand, I do have three babies to knit for. And I picked up some cotton yesterday, just some handicrafter. And I'm thinking of doing uh, burp cloths and a baby surprise jacket for each. We'll see. I, I have yet to decide. What I'm going to do there. verb clauses, I'm going to do that because they're so useful. Anything else, I think I'm just going to look into my stash and see what's there and see what I can come up with. Baby surprise jackets are always fun. You know, the big, you know, flattened stingray of garter stitch that turns into a sweater. It's always fun. So that's fiber notes for this time around. And we'll see what happens in two weeks. side notes. So it's time for another side notes segment and it's just going to be two spinning books today. I'm sorry to all the knitters. I just haven't really had time to to sit down and find something knit, knitting related to review. So I'm going to talk about two spinning books and they're they're similar in that they both talk about basically spinning art yarns or spinning intentionally uh, in in different formats. The first one, which I alluded to last episode, was uh, Get Spun, A Step-by-Step Guide to Spinning Art Yarns. It's 120 pages long from Interweave. And I almost wonder if that's why I didn't find it as useful as it could be. could um, Because it is short. And the author spends about half the book talking about technical measurements, how to dye things, the tools that are used to create bats, and and that sort of thing and th- and then after that she goes on to talk about the actual spinning of art yarn and even then i was i just i just wasn't feeling it you know i there were you know four pictures to illustrate um a technique that was talked about in one paragraph you know it was beautifully photographed and uh, beautifully illustrated but i think it's just too short and there and also in terms of you know the actual use of art yarn there wasn't a lot of discussion on that either So, I mean, the first half of the book is really good for talking about, you know, how to spin intentionally and the tools and and things like that. But, you know, it's not a book that I think I'm going to buy. Um, Maybe you're, maybe you've seen something different in the book. But the other book, and I'm not even done this book and I'm reviewing it for you because it's also about art yarns, is it's new from Sarah Anderson, it's Spinner's Book of Yarn Designs. And yeah, I'm, I'm just into the spinning part of it. And I can already tell you, you need to go buy this book if you're a spinner, because it's amazing. Um, I just, I just love it. She's, it's very conversational. You know, she's been spinning a long time. And these are the things that she's found that have worked for her. Now you remember a few episodes ago, I said I didn't really enjoy the whole prep part, um, the carding and so on and so forth. She's actually made me excited about carding. I really want to try her technique that she just described in the book. And she talks about how through carding you can get exactly what it is you want or combing or whatever. And she's actually made me excited about it. So, you know, I'm just into the part now where she's talking about how to, how to, you know, some of the the steps towards spinning, how to spin a fat single. I haven't been able to spin a fat single since I started spinning. I want to sit down and try it. I really do, um, you know, in my copious spare time when I'm not doing my homework. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the the other thing about the book is it's it's hardcover, which is great. There's nothing wrong with a hardcover book. Sorry, I'm just picking it up here. Um, it's twice as long as Get Spun. Uh, it's 252 pages, which may or may not have anything to do with it. But the other thing that you get at the back of the book are cue cards. So you don't have to have the book open if you want to do a, you know, want to try one of these specific types of yarn. You just have to pull out the relevant cue card and have it sitting next to you. And that is brilliant. Also, she's done all her samples in white. So you don't have to, you know, try and look at, you know, the actual structure of the yarn and see past the color. To be able to see, you know, how the yarn is put together, you can introduce color at a later time. But yeah, it's a, it's just I've I've really enjoyed reading this book, and I can't wait to to finish it and you know see what other yarn designs are in here. So I highly recommend it. I'll put links to both books uh, on Amazon.com and Chapters.ca into the show notes, but if I were to buy, if, if I were you and looking at both of these books, I would spend the extra money and buy the Spinner's Book of Yarn Designs. So that's side notes for this episode. If there's anything you are interested in having me review, please let me know. But I believe I will be reviewing, I have to do five book reviews for my Master Spinner homework, and I'm going to try and get all of those done in the next couple of weeks. So I'll be back next time with couple more spinning book reviews, and I'll try and find something for the knitters as well. Fiberside Notion Box. As we're going along, I'm finding that there's Things that i want to talk about that don't quite fit into any of the segments and are too small for their own so that's the idea behind the fiber side notion box it's all those little things that we need and are gathered in one convenient place so i'll just announce the side bet winners here the random number generator selected or tied two people for second place so uh, the grand prize winner who gets to pick what they want is uh, bella dune from ravelry and in second place is uh, Wisdom from Ravelry and my parents. And I think my parents, I'll talk to my parents about what they want, probably not any of the prizes. So, Bella and Wisdom, just uh, drop me a note on Ravelry and uh, get me your, your mailing addresses and I'll get those out to you. Um, and um, Bella Dune, just let me know which you would want the bat or the yarn the other thing was that wisdom actually had a really interesting question that she posted on Ravelry. And that was how do you spin a four ounce braid to make a piece of clothing? And I thought that's a fantastic question because I have a bunch of four ounce braids and I have no idea what to do with them. And then I stopped and thought about it a little more. And it hit me that buying those four ounce braids is like when we first started knitting and we bought single skeins of yarn which is you can't really do much with a single skein of yarn. I'm sure if we were go, to go down to into our stashes and actually weigh out how much four ounces of yarn is in all different weights, that would give us an idea of how much we would get if we spun it a certain way. So yeah, that was a really interesting question, really made me think about that. So I guess the answer to that question is, you probably can't, but if you take those four ounce skeins of or Florence braids and try and put them together you know in coordinating colors and all of a sudden you end up with say a pound of coordinating colors you can probably do something striped depending on how you spin it so i guess that's sort of the answer to that question which was a really good question really made me think so thank you so much for that i'm i uh, i really enjoyed you know having the having to think about that um it's it's fun you know i've got a. I'm teaching a knitting class, an intermediate knitting class here today, and I'm really interested to see what intermediate means to everybody, what how they consider themselves intermediate, and what questions they have, because it does make me think, you know, it does make me think about, you know, the different ways that people approach things. So I'm really looking forward to that. So thank you again for that question. And that is the Notion Box for this episode. By the wayside. So things are coming along on the uh, on the tapestry. I'm almost done filling in everything I can fill in without doing more outlining, and I'm hoping to have a few minutes today to sit down and just finish that off before I take a photograph. And yeah, so then I have to start outlining again. I'm I'm going to keep working on the gazebo. I think I want to get that done, but there's also that little centauri type creature at the top that I think I want to do. I'm going to try and probably do the borders um, and then, you know, down the sides as well. I, I want to leave the messengers in the middle until I'm actually, you know, better at all of it, have more practice at all of it. So that's where I'm at with the tapestry and we'll see how it goes in the upcoming week. Thank you for joining me for episode 6. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 7 on April 7th, 2013. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.